to switch it last week, so we were on Wi-Fi the whole time, but we didn't have any lag or anything, so no, it worked I mean, out quite nicely. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say we didn't have any lag, but I think yeah, but nothing significant. Yeah, I think your audio could have been better. I mean, that goes. That's kind of like evergreen. Every week, my audio could be a little better. We're striving for excellence here on this show. We're 141 episodes in, and we haven't quite got there yet. I'm just waiting for the the live Dave reaction to what he's watching right now before we pull the curtain completely back. <laughs> well, while we're yeah. waiting for that, I'd like to welcome everyone to episode 141 of Tell Me Where to Turn. I am Tommy2 underscore zero, which is where you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Glenn3 underscore 11. And you can find me at PointBreak underscore Dave. And uh, as I mentioned right before we started recording, I'm going to be counting on Glenn especially and Dave to the extent that you can count on him to carry this episode because, gentlemen, I am just hours off of a week-long retreat for work. Well, where did we retreat to, and what golf course did you play? This was, unfortunately, what they like to call the retreat for everyone else but me. They brought in people from all corners of our country. They even flew people in from our UK offices. It's not our country. <laughs> I said, if I said country, I meant to say our company. This is my we, country. We'll get we to that in a minute. We the UK now. I thought we... <laughs> About late 1700s, we we won that. Let me tell you something about guys from the UK. So this, and actually, Dave, you work with people from the UK. I do. I'm going over there in just a few weeks. Well, how about that? So let me pressure test this with you. I've never met any group of people that cuss more than people from the UK. And I'm talking about F-bombs in work settings. And not just, oh, I let one slip every now and then, like, Pulp Fiction level, every other word is an F-bomb in work setting. Is that is that your experience? Yeah, I'll say that's pretty general among that uh, that group. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> that's what there, they did? There it is, right there. We haven't gotten there yet. That's what's next on the run sheet. Let's stick with the UK. Cuss <laughs> like a UK person. Yeah, these, right. these events involve nightly activities as well. This was this was nothing to do with country music singing like we talked about last week. This was a strictly a business retreat, although everybody else was retreating to Nashville. So my retreat involved driving to a location less than one mile from where I would normally go. To everybody else, it was a great weekend away at a nice hotel and free activities and drinks and ba- open bar every night. For me, it was just slightly worse traffic every day because I had to fight downtown a little bit more than normal. So you don't stay at the hotel? You just go back home? I was given the option to, but I feel like in the pantheon of seedy things to do, that has to be way up there, right? The unnecessary hotel stay? Well, not only that. It raises a few questions. Right, but just the debauchery that was probably going on there every night with the UK guys in the open bar. Yeah. So what this UK guy does, he's only been with the company, at least the uh, one of the two that traveled. He did the 
go into the meeting invite reply all the first night from the bar Uh-oh. to all 91 people in the meeting and ask where everyone was and if anybody wanted to come back to the bar, which makes no sense. There's a little more to it than that that I'm going to edit out for court case later. <laughs> this guy, I run into him. I've never met him before. The first night we're at a restaurant and he's already looking like W.C. Fields, just bright red face, about four or five glasses of wine deep. He says, well, who are you? And I tell him which executive leader I report up to. And then he repeats that person's name and says, well, F me. Ain't that an S sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? (laughs) I I have no idea. And and mind you, this is not cut loose conference. This is all corporate employees having a work dinner. This is not some... Drunk fest, hookup fest. This is professional. Everybody's still wearing their business attire, talking about work things. And then that's that's how I was introduced to the guy. So how was the Cambria? I'll tell you what. I wish that they had stayed at the Cambria because I'm sure we would have had a British flag raised above and it had been declared sovereign territory <laughs> before the end of the weekend as soon as they ran out of fruit. Yeah, could you imagine his response when he needs something with ginger beer in it? <laughs> They're like, sorry, buddy. We've had a really busy couple weeks. Haven't had a chance to order more alcohol. <laughs> they were freaked out. The thing that I was trying to get to before I got derailed on the UK was the retreat today featured an hour-long presentation by at Tommy2 underscore zero. An hour? An hour. Let me tell you. Stand up in front of 90 people and go for an hour. I've got nothing left. I'm spent. Man. PowerPoint? Oh, yeah. Slideshow? We had, a, we had the full slide deck in play. Did you have to operate the uh, remote to switch them, or did you have an assistant that would uh, move the slides no, for you? I, uh, I used the clicker myself. Okay. Had the lav mic, so I could be very Steve Jobs in my hand gestures. Wow. Did you have the pen with the light on the end of it so you could point it at the screen? Yes, I just point it directly into people's eyes. <laughs> did not have the did not have the, the uh laser light. Did take questions from the audience. Tried to work in a few jokes that I would I'm gonna be real honest with you. I wouldn't say they hit. <laughs> oh no. Could have probably could have laid it in a little more snug if we had it to do over again. Yeah. They took us axe throwing the night before, and I went with an axe throwing joke and didn't exactly hit the mark, unlike the axes that I threw the night before, which <laughs> generally did hit the mark. How do you, how do you, what is an axe throwing joke? Well, first of all, have either of you done axe throwing? No, I have. but I certainly get the concept. Yeah, I, it's a, I guess it's a, trendy thing to do right now. I don't necessarily recommend it as a great form of entertainment. It's it's basically like throwing darts, only with a maybe slightly higher degree of risk to your toes and appendages. Yeah, the bounce back. I had the 
odd experience of so they've got all these people crowded around this thing and everybody's taking a turn with the axe and it's it's ridiculous people are just winging this axe and, and, and the point is to stick it into the wooden target and nobody can do it it's it doesn't take that much technique but you have to get it to hit blade first on the wood obviously so people are winging it sidearm in it and it's hitting sideways and hitting handle first well finally somebody says well here step up and try I step up in there and the first throw, just bury it straight in the bullseye, just perfect. And I just walked off and never threw it again. That was my one and only throw. <laughs> so the joke I went with, the point of this meeting was a one-year retrospective to some big corporate initiatives. Not the point, but the theme. So I said, again... I thought this was a good joke, did not land as well as the axe. I said, well, a year ago, I was standing in front of you people. I did you, you I people. say you people. There, that's, very, that's very Seth Rollins, problem. isn't it? It was a heel promo? <laughs> it's very Monday Night Messiah. I said, a year ago, I was standing in front of you, and you know we were expecting this result. And now a year later, and then I flipped the slide that showed a graph clearly heading upwards, and I think the, the thought of the audience was, I was going to say, and we exceeded our results, and instead I said, and a year later, I'm one more throw away from being a professional axe thrower. Crickets. <coughs> Just crickets. Yeah. yeah, it was a tough one there. Not going over here or across the pond. No, it got, uh, it got about the same reaction as... Uh, what we're about to talk about in a minute did with Dave in his living room just a minute ago. No kidding. So Hold on. my next so question, go ahead. After, after your joke, I canceled my WWE network subscription. <laughs> did you see that Macaulay Culkin of home alone fame tweeted that he is canceling his trip to WrestleMania based on what happened today? I don't want to derail your story, but did you also notice there was a huge sign like two rows back, full camera that says, if Goldberg wins, we riot. (laughs) It did, really? It really did. I would not recommend rioting in Saudi Arabia. No, I was going to say, it should have said, if Goldberg wins, we behead a bunch of people. (laughs) So, you know... We're just going to... This wasn't intended to be on the run sheet tonight, but after... The absolute atrocities that happened in Riyadh <laughs> the, in the afternoon hour time. Do you think that's today. the biggest atrocity that's happened there ever? <laughs> it's it, like Dave mentioned, it's the biggest atrocity that's ever happened there where everyone still had their head attached to the body. <laughs> what in the Mr. world are they doing, guys? What are Mr. They doing? McMahon has decided that 53 year old Goldberg needs to defeat the fiend for the universal title and do it in a three minute, 45 second match. That was terrible. Got very little to no response from the crowd who wants to respond to everything. Yeah. Not good guys. Not good. The The fiends first loss. Correct. The only thing I can think is that this is some kind of a just desperate, crazy McMahon ratings ploy for WrestleMania? But what's uh, going to be the what's Goldberg reigns at Mania? 
Oh, you know the rumor is now it's going to be Goldberg Cena at WrestleMania, and we're just gonna we're just gonna give up on anybody that's currently on the roster. That's stupid. Yeah, yeah, that's not well, guys. Not I got guess. I got good news. At least we didn't invest literally thousands of dollars into a trip to WrestleMania this year, so that's good news. We dodged but that bullet. The other thing is. All right, I want to spin it positively, if I can. This could just be just a ploy, just to satisfy the crowd that always wants The Undertaker and was requesting Hulk Hogan be a part of the show and guys that are no longer alive be featured, that they could just turn around like in a week or two and Goldberg is back out of the picture and we're back to fiends in the picture i think i think i think they've torpedoed the fiends heat and goldberg's going to wrestlemania as the champion i i don't see any other explanation here and i'm very mad because i wanted a fiend wrestlemania entrance how could he not be on the card though after this entire build-up i for a year i don't know i i feel like they've I feel like they've per- personally attacked us with this decision. Uh, yeah. They took the best thing they have going and just killed it. But but they did this allegedly in October, too. We said the same exact thing. When they, he lost a, or the disc DQ to Rollins? Yeah, but we all said the same thing, that they've killed the character. And it didn't kill it. No, but... That was, I mean, Goldberg beat him clean in the middle. <laughs> yeah, in a match when he got in basically zero offense except for a halfway mandible claw. Right. And then what was he doing? See, they're, they're leading into something else because what was he doing at the end? He was yeah, standing he, up and he screaming stood up at him. And disappeared. Yeah. I mean, so maybe, not, maybe they come back and go Goldberg fiend at Mania and fiend beats him. I think they could do that. So here's my, here's what I'm throwing out. This is not what's going to happen, but this is what I created in my mind. <laughs> There's another, the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is a week from Sunday. So right around the corner, all we do is celebrate Goldberg tomorrow on SmackDown. No real mention of The Fiend. They announce the six guys, their Elimination Chamber. The Fiend is not mentioned. He's not promoted. He's not on the card, but the winner of that's going to is Goldberg at mania against Goldberg at mania. They get about halfway through the match. You have somebody that's within the chamber. That's like, you know, clearly not going to win. We'll just say it's Ali because it usually is Ali. <laughs> and so he sits Ziggler. he's waiting. He's, he's in the chamber waiting his turn. You get like halfway through. It goes where somebody's about to, to get in. The lights go out. They come back, and Ali is unconscious in his corner of the chamber, and the fiend is just standing there in the corner. And I the like door, this. And it opens, and then he he beats Roman and then goes to Mania and beats Goldberg. They've just turned him from he was going to have to be the heel because Reigns was going to be the face, and then now they've turned it the other way around. I'm They're so make there for that. The heel. Huh? I'm there for that if that happens. It's I not like going to happen. There's no way it's happening. I am worried, though, if McMahon is 
so out of touch that he thinks taking Goldberg to WrestleMania is he's going to get a great reaction because I feel like the crowd would destroy him at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. I think they would completely be turned against him. Well, it's like Glenn said, the crowd in Saudi Arabia wasn't even fired up for Goldberg. Right. And, and they're, they, they're, yeah. And they were expecting, yeah, they were expecting uh, macho man, Randy Savage <laughs> to walk out from behind the curtain. Exactly. I think they were like the rest of us. They were just confused. I had the same reaction. I think when, when I watched it this afternoon, it, it was, it was surprised that they had him, they had Goldberg win, but then the way that they did it, I was like, that's it. Like you don't have anything that's like real inventive or creative. Like he figured out some kind of weakness or, you know, I don't know. It was yeah. just very basic moves and even his finishing move not really executed that well. Oh, he couldn't even pick him up. It was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. And what's, I don't know if you guys watched the whole pay-per-view, but the, whatever they called it, the gauntlet match to begin. I watched the beginning. I watched until R-Truth got eliminated. <laughs> if if that thing didn't kill the crowd, and then they came back with the main event and just like made sure it was dead. The only only thing I liked about that card was they have the Mansoor, the Saudi Arabian guy, and they're like, well, who can we find on the roster to come do the honors for the hometown guy? And Last then, year they made Cesaro do yeah, it. Yeah, and then They're the like, music hits. <laughs> you knew it was Ziggle. I'm here to show the world. What they need to do, well, at least one time when they go there, is have Mansoor lose. But then have it for to somebody that they then they build up, but then six months later when they go back, then they have a rematch and then take that same guy down. But they, I don't think they'd ever do that. But I'd love to see... <laughs> Robert Rude walk, walk in there <laughs> and beat him and then have just turbans flying everywhere. <laughs> they, they ought to really just go all in and have Hacksaw Jim Duggan or somebody that just did an overly patriotic gimmick come back. Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> just one, two, three him right in the middle. So yeah, uh, take that. Two, uh, two side points. Um, Montez Ford, who we all love of the Street Profits. You want my big prediction on him? Let's have it. It has nothing to do with them being a title contender for a long time, which I hope they are. Okay. He's got the starter kit for Kofi Kingston chest. Really? Oh. Yeah, take a look, man. It's it's getting concave and weird really quickly. What kind of pills are they having those guys take? Yeah. Odd <laughs> side effect. I thought you were going to say and, he was front runner to be the next wellness policy violation. <laughs> well, I think that's always a concern. Second concern I had was we had Ricochet switch into the Speedo look. And I was worried... <laughs> <laughs> the, the the tree root he's got down there was going to flop out. It's okay. He was only out there for 29 seconds before Lesnar threw him through the bottom of the ring. Before he helicoptered him, as it were. That was, that was equally ri- ridiculous and a waste of time. 
like I'm glad that you know Lesnar was able to go over there and collect a paycheck for that, but like not even that's not even wasn't even a show. No, and then well, the the first match, the Gauntlet, we had Undertaker came out and disposed of Styles in three seconds. No, both Lesnar and the Undertaker get probably around a million bucks to fly out there, and and Lesnar even gets a private charter plane, so he. He barely steps foot in the country. I mean, he lands, he goes there, performs for 29 seconds, and immediately flies home. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great for him. Yeah. It's just bad for everyone else. Yes, and here I had to speak at a retreat for an hour today for much less than a million dollars. <laughs> Significantly less. Well, are we, Hold on, are, we, are you factoring in like total comp or... <laughs> Just base. <laughs> well, there's a joke there, but we're not going to make it today. But we'll feel the, you know we'll who, feel the burn later. Do you know who else is working for far less than a million dollars? Who's that? Our soldiers in the in the XFL. Indeed. Hey, Renegade's got another W though, so my season win total bet still in play. Let's go back to the end of last week's episode. Little prediction time was uh, Renegades will go out to Seattle and win twenty six to twelve. Your final score was twenty four to twelve. I saw that. So that was the first thing I thought of because I loaded up on the Seattle defense in DraftKings because I was sure that the Glenn, the curse of Glenn, was going to happen. And then when I saw the score, I thought, "Gosh, that's pretty close to what he he said it was going to be." Nobody can cover their six foot eight tight end. At least not yet. <laughs> we have a huge game this weekend here at uh well at, out at Globe Life. You'll be there. Yes. The Roughnecks are traveling in to play the Renegades. This is this is literally the biggest game in Renegades history. Topping last week. <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah I am like genuinely excited. I think the place is going to be. Uh, I know I'm. I feel like because there's people that are you know Houston transplants that yeah. you know will support anything Houston but live in the Dallas area. I feel like some people are going to travel in from Houston to see the game. I mean there were people that whether well, they traveled in, but there were plenty of people with Battle Hawks gear on when I went to the first game against St. Louis. So I think there's going to be plenty of a Houston presence, and I. Well, I've I've heard that Houston's quarterback, PJ Tucker, is that right? Walker, PJ Walker. Walker is a poor man's Lamar Jackson. Well, I mean, it's in the XFL, so I think that's a that's a pretty big compliment. <laughs> but I've heard he's the most transcendent player in the league, and I believe on DraftKings he's about two thousand dollars more than anybody else. Yeah. On any in any position for any team. So are they are they playing for like a silver boot or anything or maybe like a I, silver wrestling boot? That'd be pretty awesome. I don't know. I don't think we've established any of that stuff yet, but it's a big game. But how are the Renegades going to stop the Houston offense? Honestly, there's not much you can do with that. Well, but the Renegades' defense, although not dominant. Has been pretty stingy. Nobody's scored more than nobody scored twenty points on him yet. But they haven't faced somebody that can beat you through the air or with their legs like PJ Walker. 
Well, not yet. We'll see that on on Sunday. Well, yeah, but, after Sunday, we could say they have faced someone like that. Yeah, it's, it's an asinine they, comment by you. But the uh, you know week two they held the Wildcats to eighteen points, the same Wildcats team that just put up thirty nine against the the tremendous defense of the defenders. So <laughs> I think the Renegades. I'm telling you, if your it, team overtime, name they're going to keep getting better. The students coaching them up your team name was the defenders, it would be unacceptable for you to have a subpar defense. Yeah, that's what we're seeing in the league is uh, they traveled from D.C. to L.A. and just got throttled. Seattle went from Seattle to D.C. week one and got killed. Like any of these teams that has to travel an extensive part of the country for their game is just getting just getting taken to task. So it'll be very interesting to see this week. The, the LA team is traveling all the way to New York and that New York team is terrible. And I feel like they've already given up on their coach and their quarterback three weeks in. So, um, it looks pretty clear. Roughnecks still the best team in the league. I think the battle Hawks are the clear number two, uh, still got the defenders at three, the renegades at four, Wildcats moving up to number five this week in the power rankings. And then you got the Dragons. I'm putting Tampa Bay at seven, and I think the New York Guardians, because they've given up, are the worst team in the league. Going into week four. They've already given up. They've already given up. They hate their coach and their quarterback. and that. But is you not... do like them to cover due to the long plane flight west to east. Ooh. Man, this is a big test for that theory because I'm very – on board with the Guardians have given up, but also the cross country travel. Just these guys can't handle it. And surely it's XFL, so they're flying commercial, right? I thought they were taking like a Greyhound. <laughs> <laughs> they're on some type of Von Lane situation. <laughs> they're they're Southwest Group D. <laughs> um, no, but that'll be a That'll be a good test for that. So what's the uh, prediction? Let's see if you can hit it as close as you did last week. What's the Roughnecks Renegades prediction? First off, I think the over under is like 50 and a half. Go ahead and take the over. We're going right. to have an, an explosive day out there. Good weather. Perfect day. It's going to be sunny in like mid-70s. Just uh, this is going to be wonderful sports weather. Late field goal. Gives it to the Renegades, 28-27. Yes. 3-1, yes. and one, and we're winning the division after week four, or leading the division, put it that way. 28-27 on a late field goal, and game goes over the total. Yes. So take the over and take – yeah, I think, uh, I think it's Renegades plus one. Is the uh, is the spread? So boy, just money line it. That seems like right. boy, that seems like there's some value in the roughnecks there. But I'm not going to go against <laughs> you. I'm calling my bookie right now. Over and money line, take it. I like it. Do you guys? Uh, either one of you guys watch the fight last Saturday, the Wilder Fury fight? I didn't. I did not. Although I support the Gypsy King. I did not watch the fight live. I did see most of the meaningful highlights thanks to Twitter. What's funny, you mentioned that because technically I didn't see it live, although I did watch it very late and or very early, late Saturday, early Sunday. But 
this is a uh, I, I pulled a very very old man move on Saturday night. So I I really wanted to see this fight, but I was in that point of I wanted to see it, but I really didn't want to go anywhere. Whether that was an establishment or find somebody I know that's bought it and like go over to their house because I just didn't feel like going anywhere. So I debated that evening whether to buy it or not. It was like seventy-five and bucks, right? It was, yeah. It was um, on Fox Sports Go. It was seventy-nine ninety-nine, and on ESPN Plus, it was like eighty-five. But they gave you like thirty or ninety days free ESPN Plus membership for or subscription because they have UFC and stuff on there. So I was like, I can't spend eighty bucks to do it. I just can't. So I found a uh, Twitter feed that was essentially pirating it. I mean, the guy might have just had a camera on his big screen. I don't really care. But he, he, had, he, he had it going, and I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do this. Well, I watched part of like one of the prelims, and then I was just doing other stuff because the main event wasn't supposed to start to like 10 or 10.30 our time. So I watched that. Some of it, I came back, and I think – he had gotten shut down by somebody. FCC. And, yeah, and he tweeted out like uh, the feed was gone, but he tweeted it out that hey, I'll uh, I'll be back for the with the main event. No worries, you know, uh, don't worry about it, type of thing. And I was like, I don't think I trust at PPV two on Twitter. So we so we went ahead and uh, downloaded Periscope because that's the easiest place to find this stuff. And people putting the footage out there, and you don't have to pay for it. So, so get on there, get all set up, and you know it's like ten fifteen, ten thirty, something like that. And I like we're ready to go. I go over, just watching it on my phone. They're running like a little bit of Wilder Fury kind of montage coming up, you know, whatever. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then I notice that uh, the next fight, the next intro, we still have one fight to go. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm really not into this one. I still want to watch the main event, but there's nothing else really on. So I have the brilliant idea. I'm just laying on the couch. I'm like, you know, this will take like 30 or 40 minutes or so. Let me just catch like just a real quick nap <laughs> here at 10, 10.15. And I trust myself to wake up. This so is kinda, the worst plan. So I kind of go ahead and lay back. Take a little rest. I fall asleep instantly. I wake up just shy of one in the morning. The phone is obviously not on anymore. It's not streaming anything because the event has ended, so everything's just shut off. I wake up in a complete daze. I get my phone back on. I go onto Periscope because I'm like, oh, well, I'll watch it. Not thinking in my head. Periscope only shows live events. Right. Like They're not showing anything taped. So I spend like a few minutes just scrolling through trying to find find it and i'm like oh wait yeah it's it's over it's, it's not, not going to be on periscope's here. not your personal dvr it yeah so then but who do i go back to old at ppv2 on twitter i go back to that feed his first tweet that's on there it says for anyone who missed the main event here it is and he's got an attachment to it and the only bad thing was it was an hour and 15 minutes and you couldn't fast forward through it at all. 
So I had to watch the, the leading up montage, the intros in full, like everything. I couldn't skip ahead at all. And by this time, it's like after one in the morning. But, uh, but you're well rested yeah. at this point. You've had a nice nap. Well, true, but I'm in a, I'm just in a weird place. Like taking a nap at 1030 at night is not really the way you're supposed to do it. But uh, after 20 or 30 minutes, I got back where I'm, I'm awake again. And good fight. Entertaining fight. Fury, I think, won every round, but maybe won. But it was still, it was still good. Um, they're going to fight again, I think, this late this summer or probably this fall. And I don't know if I'll buy it, but I'll definitely watch it one way or another. So how do you know they're fighting again? I thought they were already looking for somebody else for him to... Well, he, I think because, um, oh, whatever titles that Wilder held going into that, he has the right to request, demand a rematch. I don't think it has to be Fury's next fight, but I think he has to fight him again within a certain period of time if Wilder wants to do it. So they have an automatic rematch clause. We've seen that before. Yes. So work. will Tyson Fury be at WrestleMania? I think there's a good chance because he's been at a WWE event before and like Triple H was there. The WWE uh, Twitter feed, WWE on Fox and stuff was tweeting out all kinds of stuff about the fight, about him winning. So I think there's a decent chance he shows up. Well, he, he had that match with Strowman, right? Yeah, the last time they were in Saudi Arabia, actually. That's right. Very good symmetry for what where we started today. There you go. I was fascinated yeah. by the highlights of the match, the Tyson Fury licking the blood. That's something I won't be able to get out of my head <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But I'm not a yeah. boxing fan by any stretch, but what I saw looked pretty entertaining. It's two really really big guys seemingly throwing a lot of punches, connecting a lot, not being overly technical. I could I could get behind that. Yeah, it was even though it was it was pretty one-sided. But the thing about Wilder is that I don't know if all his fights go like that, but he he's the guy who I mean, he knocked Fury down once or twice the last time they fought. He's just like the guy that sits back and he loses two, three rounds in a row, and he just catches a guy with a right and just knocks him clean out. And he, I think he was 42-0 and 0 with like 39 or 40 knockouts coming into this. So how did like, they rule that last fight between them a draw when he knocked him down multiple times? I, I feel like the knockdown is pretty hard to overcome in boxing. So how, how, how does that end up getting scored a draw? Well, I think, one, it was, it was fairly controversial that it was and the judges were like all over the map like one that obviously had it scored completely even and then the other two judges had like three or four round differences between each fighter but i you know i think from a technical perspective um some thought that fury won like eight or nine of the 12 rounds in the last fight but he got knocked down at least once. It might have have been twice. I believe twice, if I'm recalling correctly from the highlight package I watched. But I don't know if... uh, They were talking about maybe when Wilder got hit like in the fourth round and got knocked down that the blow to his head ruptured his eardrum. 
and it may have thrown off his equilibrium, but he was, he wasn't just wobbly. Like, you know, it, it was like, it, it was like he was just off balance no matter what he was doing. So I don't know exactly what happened, but he wasn't the same after that point and he could not fight back. So they threw in the towel. If only Apollo Creed's corner would have thrown in the towel. He'd, yeah. He'd be here to watch Super Showdown. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. He'd be here to be enraged by what transpired today. He'd be, yeah. He and Clubber Lang would be talking about when are they going to put Apollo Crews over? <laughs> Well, I'm sure he's on the list of people that can lose to Mansoor. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Let's see here. Did y'all have anything want, else? Didn't you guys Dave want Porsche, have Porsche? Yeah, the Porsche story. story. Porsche yeah. story. That's where we need to go next. Oh, so quick aside before we get to that, since that has to do with the gym, <clears throat> I actually... Uh, after work, I went to the gym because my kiddos do swim lessons there. So every Thursday night after work, you know, my wife usually already takes them, and I hid there on the way home and for catch your, that. For your second workout of the day? No, I don't work out. I just go and watch them do their swim lessons. Oh. But I have a weird thing that keeps happening that oh. I'm not thrilled about. Diarrhea. No, so the... Uh, it's not weird. It happens to a lot of people. <clears throat> so uh, our gym, when you walk in, you have like the little front counter, but then just behind that, they have the family locker room, which is essentially just a hallway. And then on either side, there's completely enclosed, doored off little changing rooms and showers, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like a true locker room in the fact there's people out there changing you know but it, but it's safe for the whole family it's safe like klty you can take okay, you okay. can take your kids back there and they don't have to see a bunch of old men sitting around with their yeah yeah exactly but it's the most direct route to get out to the pools right the indoor pools that they have swim lessons on so if i'm home early enough that we all go together we just march through there and go to the pools well I feel weird showing up late, just me walking through there. Not sure why. Just do, because it has like signs like, hey, you know, this is for families with small children. Like you're not just supposed to. But now, so every time since I'm always there after the family's already gotten there, I have to walk around to the whole other side of the gym and then walk through nude guy forest because it's like (laughs) after work and it's packed and it's just. Just everyone's out there, unit out, just standing around. And I like, I'm there with no gym bag, no nothing. I'm just like in work clothes, like just marching through. Do you, do you kind of like unzip the fly in your work pants and just let it hang out when you walk through? <laughs> just so you wow. feel part of the community? There's, and of course, you know, it's all different people. It's not the people that I'm there with in the morning. So there's definitely like, like, man, I don't know what this guy's deal is. He never works out. He just walks through the guy's locker room. Just gets his jollies going through the guy's <laughs> locker room after work. Exactly. Okay, no, what? so... 
so good. I was going to say, I was going to suggest like I do for any awkward moment like that is just as you walk through, I was going to say, just, just make sure at all times you're just looking at your phone while you're, while you're walking through, because you know, it's hard to accuse you of doing whatever. But then if you're walking through that environment with your phone, <laughs> I feel like that's a bad move because the yeah, phone you gotta, out at the gym, especially when, <laughs> especially when there might be a ricochet or two, just kind of <laughs> flipping about. You don't want to get a- accused of anything. No, you you don't want you don't want the phone out in the locker room. No, that's, not at all. That's poor. No, so um, yeah, Porsche guy. So we've told the initial interaction I had with him, which was odd in its own right. But since then, obviously now we've broken that barrier, so he talks to me all the time. So, <clears throat> and if I recall correctly, he was about to get hustled into what you feel like was some kind of a financial scheme. Yes, I believe I. I don't know if I covered that on the show, but I told you, gentlemen, that he <clears throat> came up to me one day and was telling me uh, he's always asked me if I've seen the mockets. He's like Australian, so I don't know if that accent's right. But yeah, that sounded very mu- much more like Boston. But yeah, okay. it really did. But he uh, he's telling me he's like one day he launches into the story about how this guy he used to work with is now a day trader and he's making all this money and he's like yeah he's like he told me to give him thirty thousand dollars and in sixty days he would give me 45,000 back. I was like, all right. He's like, yeah, I did it. He's like, I did it three weeks ago. And he's already, I met him last night and he gave me 45,000 back. So in the back of my head, I'm kind of thinking, most likely this guy just scammed someone else into giving him 45,000. Right. <laughs> he turned well, that, around and gave it to you. That's how the Ponzi scheme works is you you pay somebody back the small amount and then you get the big amount and then yeah, <laughs> then you you just keep moving it around. Exactly. And much like when he was uh <laughs> tell me about going to the gay club. <laughs> and I was wondering where his where the angle of this conversation was going. He's telling me the story. I'm like, all right, is this going to end with him telling me, but if you gave me 30000 <laughs> to put with my 30000 But he never he never got there. So I was like, okay, well, you know, congrats on the enormity of your success and walked on. So then a couple weeks later, I'm talking to him. He's like, well, I'm doing it. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, I asked the guy how much like, what's the max? Like, how much money does he need to really, oh really do it? This is this is the quintessential hooked into the Ponzi scheme. Oh, this is every con man movie. And they you've let ever seen. you think it's your idea to go in for bigger money, and then they almost exactly. try to talk you out of it. This is amazing. So, his his day trader buddy says, "Well, if you gave me two hundred thousand in." Four months, I would turn it into a million or more. So I'm trying to politely talk him out of the plan. I'm like, oh man, you know, I was like, and I don't even know if he has 200,000. I'm like, it's like liquid, you know, <laughs> I think he's doing all right, but 
The only um, thing liquid in that gym is not. <laughs> it's coming out of you, first of all. So, uh, I'm like, oh man, you know that's that's wild. Uh, I'm just kind of like, and he's like, yeah. So I I called my bank. I'm withdrawing it today. And I was like, oh, all right. And he's like, yeah, man, it's. <laughs> It's not going to leave me much, you know. I, I mean, that's pretty much all in. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> good luck, I guess. Great. I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah. Gotta take what big could go risks. wrong? So uh, next morning I'm there. He shows up. He's smiling ear to ear. Did it. Gave him the money last night. We're in. You know, we're making this happen. And I was like, okay. And then like, he's launching into, man, you know. It's like, you know what I really want to do? I want to just, you know cash out retire he's like i want to climb everest he's like i've looked into it he's like i know what it costs if i could get like three million i think i'd go do that and i'm like all right man like so he just he just wants three million so he can go die <laughs> i mean <laughs> this guy clearly ways to do that clearly hates money at this point i agree so then i don't see him like, I don't see him for, like, like this guy's there every morning just like I am. Don't see him for, like, three weeks. And now I'm getting worried. Like, I'm like, oh, no. He's he's in Tent City under our bridge somewhere, <laughs> most likely. So he appeared, I guess, a week, week and a half ago. He reappears. And I'm talking to him. He's like, man, it's been some bad luck. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. I was like, oh, the investment. I was like, I didn't say the investment. So, like, oh man, what happened? He's like, well, he's like, I I totaled my Porsche. And I was like, oh, a and Tommy, make sure this doesn't get too loud over there in the shadow of Ramsey headquarters. His Porsche was a lease. He totals it, oh, no. and it, he claims he's a hundred k upside down oh. in it. Mm. And he just liquidated everything to put in the market with this day trader. That's why at Ramsey Solutions, it's referred to as a fleece. (laughs) Indeed. If you can't fit the Porsche in an envelope, you should (laughs) buy it. So, yeah. Wow. He's not, he is not doing well. He's no. gonna be he's gonna be sitting in a sauna in a much seedier place than Lifetime Fitness, telling another guy a story in about three to six months where he's gonna say, "Man, I had two hundred grand in a Porsche." It's like it's the real life metaphor of getting jackhammered in front of a bunch of uninterested Saudis, <laughs> much like what happened uh, earlier today. Wow. We're going to need, if you can provide it for us, another update, maybe here in the next couple, two or three weeks or so to see how maybe this concludes. Yes. There will definitely be check-ins now when I see him. I'm excited to talk to him because I want (laughs) to, I want to know. And, you know, maybe have the phone in the pocket with a good little audio of, of, uh, of this. I like it. All right. It could be a good idea. Maybe when Tommy comes for a visit in a few weeks, we can uh, hit the gym and maybe you can find, you can be introduced to Porsche Man. 
Yeah, if, if we if we hit the gym together, I'll be basically staying in the sauna. <laughs> so, okay. So Glenn, I understand. So yeah, I understand you have a you have a story for us. I wanted to see if you guys were familiar with this story, which I, I was trying to piece it all together. It was even more like convoluted and seedy and uh, just weird than I thought even going into it. Have you heard about this story about the um, this lady whose 17-year-old and 7-year-old kids went missing like in, I think it was September? Yeah, I in early not. September. No, I and have not. recently she was. They they haven't arrested her or charged her with any type of violent crime, but it's more just like child abandonment and that type of thing. Um, her kids went missing in early September. Her youngest one is seven and was last seen just. I, I trying to think if it was at their house or like a, an acquaintance's house, like on their ring doorbell. And their oldest one was last seen, or the last the last place they can tie her to was early September at Yellowstone National Park because it was a picture taken that was on the mom's, like in the cloud, that they were able to retrieve. And that's the last place she was ever seen. They, they, that's the last date they can tie her, the oldest child's existence to. So the authorities are trying to find these kids they haven't found him. The mom and her now most recent husband, I guess would technically be the stepdad, are not cooperating with authorities. They were recently in January detained in Hawaii where they were out there staying at a resort, just like on vacation. Seems meanwhile, like an odd move. Yeah, with your meanwhile, her, children her missing. Kids can cannot be found. Now, the other part that they... Th- um, they don't know exactly what happened to the kids, but they they think that this mom, like 18 months ago, joined this religious organization called uh, was it called? But it's it's essentially been referred to as a doomsday cult. Oh no! And her family is saying, like her sister is saying that. Um, before she joined this group, she was a perfectly caring mom for her kids. There were no issues, things like that. Now, that is kind of – that can be refuted pretty easily. But she joined this organization called Preparing a People, which I think is somehow tangentially related to the Latter-day Saints. Okay. And their, their whole deal is basically preparing for these – well – Maybe the better way to term it is the return of Christ, which they have projected for uh, July of this year. It's good to know. Which means... It means uh, Porsche guy is going to be fine. There's no way they can prosecute in that amount of time. W- yeah, which probably means no SummerSlam. No, but we <laughs> get a full, full XFL season. And we'll get Mania. And we'll get Mania. So we'll have that. But... The other things were she recently got divorced from her most the the husband that was the father of these two kids. He filed for divorce from her like sometime I think it was in late 2018 I think it was and it was because after she joined this organization she started making these weird threats to him 
and these these bold claims that she was a god and or an angel, one of the chosen 144,000 who will ascend to heaven. And she can't basically, she can't die on this earth, but if he got in her way of what she needed to, to do to fulfill her mission, like she would literally kill him. And she made a threat to him that when he got back from a business trip that, that uh, she was going to kill him. And so he, he got out of there. But the kids were still in the mix. So, so how does I think he it was leave last... the kids if he gets out of there? What kind of scumbag does that? I don't know. I don't know. And maybe that was still in process. As you know, it's a process. Those things don't happen very quickly. So they get divorced, but mysteriously, he shows up at her house to pick up the kids there is an argument of some kind, and this lady's, the mom's brother, shoots and kills the ex-husband in Whoa. their home, which they claim was in self-defense because he was attacking one or both of them, and no charges have been filed, but wow. there's nobody really to refute the self-defense story, and I don't think these folks are really cooperating very much with the authorities anyway. To top that off, the brother who killed the ex-husband also just died mysteriously at age 28 at the end of last year. Whoa. Which, those details in the article I read just were left as died mysteriously, and that's it. This woman has been married. I think she, she just recently married the guy they were found at the resort. The guy she married is a guy who's written a couple of books um, about the end of time, uh, rapture, Armageddon type stuff, who was a part of this, what was it again, preparing a people mm -hmm. sect. Maybe we'll leave it as that. So I pulled up uh, their website and was looking at it before we got on here. And if you just go, you don't have to right now, but if you go to preparingapeople.com, like, all this stuff has been in the news with this lady, um, her kids are missing, you know, whether the thought is she handed them over to the cult or if she, like, sacrificed them or something like that. But it's all getting tied to this preparing of people. And this guy that she remarried uh, was, was, was tied to that group, at least historically. Well, if you go to their website, they, like, on the homepage, there's, like, a... <laughs> about a 10 paragraph statement, basically just a long form distance from this guy <laughs> that, that they, they know what's in the news and that they had had, you know, some, uh, recent, like, a like they had the flat earth conference, like they had the preparing a people conference somewhere recently. And this guy was one of the speakers, but they're very quick to say, Hey, there were a lot of speakers. There were a lot of people on this card. <laughs> Just because one guy might be conspiring with the woman he married to kill her children and go vacation in Hawaii, that doesn't necessarily mean we had anything to do of it to do with it. So and I also this uh, the mom had the one husband who was shot by her brother and had at least one previous husband who also died mysteriously. Like at a young age of a heart attack. Okay. Quote, okay. Unquote. 
So there's there's too, plenty of people that think too that many she's coincidences Black here. Widow. Too many coincidences here. Right. How long till this is a Netflix docu series? This is <clears throat> this is probably about a about a three parter in 2022. Did either of you guys? They did. Was it Dateline or 2020? One of those did uh, one like last week on the girl that disappeared from shops at Legacy in Plano. Oh, yeah, and they it was fa- good. And they found her, right? I mean, they ended up the guy, the guy that that did it, ended up burying her somewhere, right? And they yeah. found her. Yeah. It's kind did of a he, weird story, though. Did they ever find where she was? I thought that they never found her body, but they just still convicted him based on all the other evidence. No, they found a body like a construction crew or somebody out in the, yeah, found it. Oh, no. But yeah, like they had all these crazy theories about like just random people because she was at like, they'd gone from bars at shops at Legacy. Like every place they went that night were places I had been to all of them, and probably you guys had too, so it was kind of weird. It's also weird because they kept uh, they kept uh, referring to it as the, and she left the upscale shopping center. <laughs> I would say that's <laughs> that's probably an accurate description. It, it is. I think they were like trying to be like, listen, guys, this wasn't this wasn't Seven Eleven next to the Cash America, <laughs> like. Where you expect things like this yes. to happen. This was the Capitol Grill next to Bob's. Exactly. What places but have yeah, they been? They went to... Um, oh, I'm forgetting the first place they went, but then they went to... Uh, it used to be the Fox or the ESPN or Fox, Fox Sports Fox Grill, Sports and then Grill. it changed yeah. to like... It's like some tavern, like Harry's Tavern or right. something. They were there. Wait a minute. Harry's Tavern? <laughs> 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 not, not that hairy. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, but then they she went like someone lived there like in their group and they went to that apartment and then she was gonna leave at like two or three in the morning to go back to her place, which I think was like near Fort Worth. So she's like leaving at the same time as another guy in the party and apparently which was a weird thing to say, but I'm not. I think she was a rather petite girl, but her yeah, parents. I didn't. Oh, I didn't want to say anything because it's in poor taste, which is not really my style. No, if anything, <laughs> but I would. You keep things above board. I don't know how tall she was, but I'd put the weight at about eighty-eight and a half over under. Yeah, she seemed small from the pictures, but her parents said like the weirdest thing of. Yeah, you know, her, her fear was always that she was going to be taken. Oh, she God. always had that fear. And I was like, that's kind of weird, but I guess I'm not, you know, different life, I guess, for a petite female. But anyway, so yeah, so she asked this guy that's leaving that I guess she sort of knew, like, can you walk with me to the parking garage? Because that was her thing. She was afraid to walk alone at night. And... You know, they start piecing it together and the cops bring this guy in. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, we walked to the end of this, you know, little block. And then my car was that way and hers was that way. So I walked off and they're like, oh, OK. And then like months later, they're still investigating and uh, they find 
her because her car was still there and never left the parking garage. And they start kind of backtracking and they get a search warrant for this guy's car. And they find like apparently he was it was like a Camaro and he was like real proud of it. So it was always real clean. And they got a search warrant to, and they couldn't find anything. And then in like the rubber lining of the trunk, they're like, that's a place that might not get cleaned. And they start swabbing it and they found her DNA uh, there. It's uh, awful. And then they get him back and they find like his phone pinged inside the garage where her car was. And yeah, apparently like it, there was like a weird timeline of he got, in his car and they tracked the cell phone and he got on the tollway and started driving and then you turned went back to the garage and then left again and they think like he was going to drive her home and that was his thing and then he was trying to uh, string things along and she said no like he thought it was going to be consensual and she said no take me back and he you turned went back to the car and then that's when he went real dark on us something happened um just adding another layer to my story about crazy cult mom lady <laughs> so like she's killed her husbands she may have killed or done disposed of her kids in some way the guy that she just recently married his wife also recently was found dead in October 2019 under also undetermined circumstances and and or causes. And this couple's like Lesnar at the Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we do, and my one of the main reasons I wanted to bring up uh, the idea and the, the discussion, the topic of cults, is I believe it's going to be our next episode, and this might string into a couple episodes. We'll see what the quality of the subject material is, if it warrants more than one episode. But yes, I have been assigned a documentary to pay for the Super Bowl that we've agreed upon. <clears throat> it's only available on YouTube, which we know is always a good sign, because that was also the case for Loose Change by the time I got around <laughs> to it. Three hours. Three hours. So this is a this is a time investment by me. So I think this was a uh, network miniseries, 1980, I think. The Guyana tragedy, the story of Jim Jones. I can't wait. I'm going to take copious notes and walk you guys through the. That's that's where drink the Kool Aid came from, right? Technically, it was Flavor Aid, but yes, that's where they came from. It's odd that you know that. Hey, I have even more audio that I would like you to listen to, but I, I need you to watch this movie first, and then uh, I'll see if I can interest you in the additional audio. Okay. What what flavor was it? Ooh, that's a good question. I assume it's just red because everybody likes what cherry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean. I probably shouldn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I already have to go back and edit one part of the show, so. I mean, I'm just saying it could be great. That's all I'm throwing out there. <laughs>